I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth and I'm with a special guest again. It's Coach Margaret. Thank you for the introduction. Hello. And today we're going to be looking at is no contact applicable? Never easy to hear. It's a difficult choice to make. Yes. And it's very, very confusing. And you know, it's interesting. A lot of people will think they should go no contact when I wouldn't recommend it. And because they're overwhelmed by, you know, anxiety, separation yes, sure. anxiety, they get into that fog, they're so cloudy, they don't even think straight. And that's a major insight, I believe, that we assume people are always at their sharpest thinking, but this is a full-blown crisis. Yes. And when you're in crisis, your energy and your brain don't work perfectly. No, they don't. No. And I can tell, because I lived that. And yes, you remember you when I was going yes, to my I breakups. Do. Yep. And you gave me that insight. For all the years I've done this work, no one had ever been quite as good with words as Craig on that one. Yeah, it was really hard. When I was going through my breakups, you could attest for yeah. how bad I would, I would come to you twice a week. Yeah. And it was, it was just horrible to... And I couldn't think straight. I was just depressed. Right. I was scared. I was confused. I mean... In, in any crisis, and I hadn't thought of it, in any crisis we go into a daze. Think if you have a death in your family. You're dazed at first, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it was very helpful. So... Uh, I always encourage people to be proactive and to come out and reach out to me sooner than later. Yes. To come up with a plan with them to talk things out because they're going to be they're going to feel so much better. Because the the worst thing that I see happen is when we go to our friends and our family and they give us bad advice. Right. And then it just makes the situation worse. Yep. And the other thing that happens is that when people are going through that anxiety and they're in that state, it causes them to become so desperate. Yes. You are just desperate to reconnect and right. reunite with your partner because right. you feel like without them, you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you really feel like you're going to die. Yes. It's the worst pain in the world. Yes. And that's what I think really helped, you know, motivate me to figure this stuff out. Right. And so, guys, be proactive. I know you're scared. I know you don't know what to do. Reach out to me, even if you just want to do an email coaching, and let me assess the situation to help you come up with a plan. Right. Because you don't want to make things worse. You don't want to make things worse, and you don't want to compromise your dignity or anything of the sort. And it's really easy to do that. I know. Today's video is about a guy in his mid-40s who was dating a woman around the same age for about a year and a half. That's a okay. decent amount of time yeah. to start to get to know somebody. But the interesting thing is this breakup was back in Halloween. And you're just hearing from someone now? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, he used to be married uh, for many, many years, yeah. and now he's divorced. And he was telling me a little bit about the situation. Now, he said that his ex... Um, he talked a little bit about her background, and she said the father had severe mental health issues and was very distant and unaffectionate. This is the, the ex-girlfriend. Yes, the yeah. ex-girlfriend, the current ex-girlfriend's father. father. Yeah. The mother was indifferent, and his ex has ADHD, OCD, 
and some sociopathic traits. So let's talk about that for who, a minute. Whose ex is this now? The, the girl that he is writing about. Okay, all right. She has ADHD, love, yep. mm -hmm. ADHD, OCD, and sociopathic traits. The first thing I want to talk about is ADHD, because I think that ADHD is really a symptom from growing up in a chaotic home. I agree. That we start to, I guess our brain needs to come up with a way to handle the stress. That's right. So we, we zone out. We zone out. And because... And we do crazy things and we run around our classroom to try and change our internal state. And um, I mean, I can think of a couple of kids I saw um, who it was very hard to sit with. You had ADHD by the time you were done. Um, I, I can remember two twins that yes. I worked. Actually, they weren't yes. twins. They were a year apart. And yeah. they drove me crazy. Yes. And they were one of the few kids that I was like, this is without a doubt ADHD. And I agree. Um, it's very, very frequent that kids with ADHD come out of chaotic families. Mm -hmm. It's not always. It's a coping mechanism. Uh, yeah. And there are times when I think it, it purely is chemical, and but most of the time it isn't, and we have over-medicated the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Just mask the symptoms. Yeah. Now let's talk about OCD. He says OCD. We haven't really talked about OCD before. No. Obsessive-compulsive disorder. No. My, in my own personal 30-odd years experience, uh, it can be very, very severe. Um, but not as often as other conditions that you think about. Um, one of the common old examples is, are your soups in alphabetical order inside your cabinet? Your suits? No, your soup. Your cans your of soup. soup in your, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said soup. <laughs> I did. Are your, are your soup cans in alphabetical order? And they had an actress on TV the other night, I don't recall her name, but she was very openly describing her symptoms um, to everyone else and she couldn't leave for work until everything in the house was in apple pie order. There couldn't be a crumb or a piece of dirt anywhere. The kitchen had to be absolutely immaculate. And she had a boyfriend for a while, not, a, not even a boyfriend, a friend that she shared the apartment with and he was a little sadistic and would mess things up so that when she came home, right, something would be off and it made her crazy and he thought it was very amusing. <laughs> it is pretty amusing. It is amusing but it's cruel because it makes her feel yeah, terribly it is anxious. Cruel. Yeah. But uh, what it, to me, when I think about OCD, I think it's like a symptom it is, of, of a bigger problem, yep. which is... Anxiety-related, always. And what it does for the people who have it, it gives them a sense of control. Because if you can't control other things in your life, you can at least have everything in your immediate um, vicinity um, under your control. And, and I know when I feel no control anywhere, I clean my office. And I feel much more in control afterward. Sure. But that's pretty mild. Um, it's not as common as you would. It needs to be treated. There are medications that treat it. There's one called Luvox. Um, Which we're not recommending. No, oh, no. I'm not recommending it at all. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm just letting you know it exists. Um, uh, but it can be very annoying if you live with somebody who's OCD um, or if you yourself have discovered that that's a coping mechanism you use. So what do you think are some good ways to handle OCD if you have it? If you handle, if you have OCD and it's, you know, it's pretty obvious I think when you have it enough that you're noticing it or perhaps people who live with you are noticing it, I would first recommend seeing your primary care who if he thinks or she thinks that you need further treatment they can recommend somebody to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you think talk therapy really helps the oh, absolutely. OCD? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, now, the other thing that they mentioned was sociopathic traits. 
Sociopathic traits, that's a serious matter. Yeah, it's a serious... Uh, Sociopathy yeah. and antisocial are commonly used words. And both of them mean that you're angry enough and live outside the lines enough um, that you can do some illegal things. Mm -hmm. um, what is a sociopath? A sociopath is a person who has really very little sense of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Mm -hmm. um, they find it very difficult to empathize with anyone and put themselves in their position. When I worked in the prison, I remember I had a therapy group, and I remember them having a discussion that went as follows. One guy is saying, I wanted to be a good citizen out there. I really did. So one time I stole a lawnmower, and I actually had a job and paid taxes for a while. Is that okay? All right. Um, another time they were talking about someone who stole a stereo. Um, and he stole it from this particular person because he thought the guy had enough money to buy himself even a better one if he wanted to. How thoughtful! Yeah, so why couldn't he have one too? But he had no sense of this being unfair. Mm -hmm. And I remember part of the discussion was somebody saying, what if he walked to the bus every morning and, walked and worked really hard and earned all that money to buy the stereo? And then they decided that might not be okay. <laughs> they had enough sense to at least put themselves in the position of not wanting to be stolen from. Yeah. So um, that's what it is. It's really little regard or caring for other people's rights um, or for, for taking something or, you know, Walmart I'm sure finds out all the t every sociopathic adolescent in the area. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, what do you think causes someone to become a sociopath? I think we all hurt as we have been hurt. And I think if our rights have been violated when we're little, or if we come from an atmosphere where that's how people's rights are talked about, we can be on the way. Okay. okay. So that's just a little bit, just yeah. to give you a little just understanding. A little well, what I'll tell you what doesn't make much sense to me is OCD and sociopathy together. That doesn't match real well in my head. Mm -hmm. Does it in yours? No. Um, and. I'm wondering, you know, where this person came up with the idea that they have sociopathic traits. Right. Um, you know, I think it starts often with shoplifting and goes to, you know, huge major things. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go on a little bit more and explore what's going on here. Um, he said, it came to a head one day. We never argued in the relationship, but we also never brought up anything, anything up to it with each other as much as I wanted to. She said she wanted a break, which turned into a breakup, saying that she was no longer feeling attraction. I broke, I broke off contact in person, though continued texting for a month. Since then, we have seen each other several times for dates or catch up. We are still very open with each other. That's... But she said they never brought things up with each other. Exactly. This is confusing to me anyway. <laughs> it is to me. Yeah. Okay. According to him, the two biggest problems in the relationship was that he was not mature enough, and that's what she told him, and that he had a low number of sexual partners in his life while she was very promiscuous, though she was faithful when they were together. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> All right. What can you do? Okay. 
Alright, so his question is this. He says, first the bad news. Laura has some sociopathic personality traits. This makes her very difficult to connect with. She has no lasting friends unless they live far away. She can appear rude and selfish, but also very charming. She is ruthless, but she can be kind-hearted at the same time. The point is that human attachment for her is shallow. Sex was always about the physical sex and not the connection, but I am certain that she was in love with me. Any thoughts about that? Well, he's trying to make sense out of it, certainly, but the, his diagnosis or whatever he's been told doesn't quite add up. It certainly sounds like she comes from a disengaged family where nobody talked to each other. Mm -hmm. She's not into big, bigly, bigly into human relationships, mm -hmm. um, and that sounds more like an attachment disorder or some sort of a personality disorder to me. Mm -hmm. um, He's very confused because she could tolerate by being close one minute and not the next. And that's the most confusing thing on earth if you're with somebody like that because you never know what you did wrong. Yeah. And um, she's con it sounds like she's constantly flip-flopping. Yeah. And she's been promiscuous. Um, but he thinks that she's been faithful to him. Well, that was my response as well. <laughs> so none of this adds up. And she sounds like she might be difficult as a partner. Although he says she can be very charming and very loving um, and that's the difficult part if you find yourself with someone like that. I, I remember a professor in grad school telling me that her personal thoughts were that anytime she met a man that she was charming she knew it was going to be bad news. Well that's a bit of an overgeneralization. <laughs> but there tends to be some truth to that. True. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, there, there can be Mr. Charming who turns out to be nobody he ever, you ever thought he was. Sure. Alright. I am fairly sure that she is seeing someone new now, though I am 100% sure that any new man will dump her quite quickly due to her personality disorder. He's not, that's not bad. <laughs> For somebody who's not in the field, good for him. But her ex-husband only married her for a green card and the fact that she is gorgeous. Oh, Lord. Okay. Attempting to go no contact with her will probably result in her not speaking to me again. So far, for eight months, I have stayed in touch with her regularly and we have gone on several dates and even had a sleepover. where We are even comfortable being naked together though the relationship is now completely platonic. So now they're just spending time as okay. friends and that's not going to work for him. It's not going to work for him. And it's not going to work for her over time either. No. Um, and she's, you know, she's dating somebody else now. Of course. So She's been promiscuous, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hope that I have for us is as follows. She says that she still loves me but has no romantic interest. I love this woman for who she is. How can I turn up the attraction for her? Should I keep dating her on and off as she seems comfortable with? I must be able to leverage this. But how? He has a question here. Is no contact applicable at this point in our relationship or, is, or in this situation? My instinct tells me to stay in touch with her, to see her periodically, and wait for her to come out of her next relationship. I won't be waiting very long. If I can turn up the attraction somehow, then maybe she will fall in love with me again. If I go no contact, then I probably will never hear from her again. Well, the first thing that pops into my mind for this situation is that 
he has a belief that if he leaves her alone and moves on... She'll forget about him. She'll forget about him. But I don't think that's true. I don't either. And as you point out, and I always think it's useful, everyone thinks about going back with a partner at some point. And that's what I always try and yes. help people understand. Yes. They revisit the idea. That doesn't always mean you're going to get another chance. No, but they do re revisit the idea. I feel bad for this guy because it sounds to me like he really loves her. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I see anything good coming out of, for him, coming out of it for him. What do you think? Uh, not likely. I mean... You can love somebody to the moon and back, as my mom used to say, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to handle a healthy yeah. adult romantic relationship. And I mean, in this case, we, you know, we were thinking about looking at people's mental health. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see that things are great for her. That's not to say they can't be. They can't become great for her, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be good, good enough for her in time for him, I don't think. Well, and the bottom line is, is that she's dating somebody new. Yeah. And she's moved on. And she says, I love you, but only but, as a friend. But only as a friend. So I would definitely say, look, I love you too. I think you're great, but I have to move on. Yeah. If you change your mind, let me know. And then maybe she'll come back again. I think that's going to be painful for him to hear. I think so too. Yeah. But it's the way to do it. I don't think trying to manipulate her. And you I know, do think he's trying to manipulate her. I do too. But I think he's not trying to be bad about that. But no, no manipulating never works. Because he's trying to pretend that he's her friend. But he really isn't. No. He's yeah. acting as if, oh, we're friends. But the truth is he's not her friend. No. He's only trying to date her right. and be romantically yeah. involved with her and yeah. ultimately yeah. if he doesn't get that he's not going to be happy. So yes, I do think no contact is applicable for this situation and I think he should let her know, look, let me know if you're single and you're available, right. but then you're, you know, if she does come back, there's a whole other yeah. slew of issues that have sure. to be dealt with. Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, if they both come to that point yeah. and they're willing to work like adults. Yeah. if they get to the point, right, where they, they agree on what they're dealing with and she agrees on what she's going to have to do, which is going to be some heavy-duty therapy and some heavy-duty changes. Mm -hmm. But right now, it, I, I would be protective of him, I think. Yeah, exactly. He sounds like a nice guy. Yeah. I, I agree with the manipulating, though. That's never okay. Yeah. So... I think that's a pretty accurate assessment for yes, this situation. I think so. If you want to get my help personally, go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. And he's wonderful when you do. <laughs> Thank you much, Margaret. Uh, that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.